Welcome to episode 52 of the Permaculture Pimp Cast. Pimp, where permaculture is my passion. That's what pimp stands for. Remember, it's the only podcast on planet Earth, rather pimp cast on planet Earth, where we discuss permaculture, preparedness, and practical living. How you doing, son? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm Billy, and this is my son, William, and together, father and son team, dropping it all over whatever platform you're listening to. Talking about some really cool stuff and some maybe not cool stuff. All right. You can check us out on the Fountain app where you can tip a pimp. Yeah, go over there. You can leave your comments. You can also listen to all your podcasts um, pretty much through that app. And it's really, really cool because you can triple the speed. You can leave comments. You can do a lot of cool things. Right, son? Yeah, and you can also like leave comments that we can see as well. They're yeah, re- cool. readily accessible. All right, you get this show is brought to you by Hickory Ridge Soap from TwoOldCrows.com. Turn that simp into a pimp. Bam! EMP Shield also, y'all. 50 bucks off with promo code PERMA. All right. We got a lot of other people out there hitting us up about advertising stuff. And like I said before, if we didn't reach out to them, y'all, if it's not something I use or really, really... I mean, there's a lot of folks hitting us up about this sort of thing. This podcast is growing, and it can grow even more if you spread the word. That's that's going to be the number one means in which we do grow, so we're going to need your help on that score. Well, that's really going to be the only way like podcasts can grow is by spreading the word. Yeah, so if you, hey, if we you get any value out of this at all, tell everybody out there you know. Tell them what we're doing. Um, the powers that shouldn't be are doing everything in the world to try to suppress us whether it's on YouTube, and it's not just us, y'all. If anybody out there has is, if you come from a freedom base, look, nobody's promoting you. So we got to promote each other. And we try, to do our, we try to do our fair share of doing this, but we're asking you to do it also because that is truly, really the only way this stuff can grow. Yeah, just uh, really the biggest thing that would help us is if you just shared the show on whatever social media you use. That would be the coolest thing. Yeah. Um, all right, tip of the day. Now, this is going to seem weird. I kind of did a, um, I did a short about it, and it's, I, I guess you could say it's theoretical, but it's really not. I mean, it's, it's a sound concept, and I know that it works, and I'm going to say use your floor for your animals to keep the water from freezing. Okay, I'm going to go into that for a sec. Okay, we've done it before in the chicken tractor on steroids. Those that are new here, you're going to have to, if you never heard of a chicken tractor on steroids, it's basically the best chicken, egg, meat, compost producing system on the plant planet invented by or actually developed by the great genius Jeff Lawton. Anyway, in that system, part of our development and contribution to it was realizing that if you go out there with one of those plastic vacuum water, uh, water uh, troughs or whatever the case may be, you stick it on top of that compost pile. It doesn't freeze. And it's great, especially in the weather you're in. Okay. Well, is there any difference Let's say you're in a place where you're doing like a deep bedding method, whether it's for your chickens, your cows, your pigs, whatever the case may be. Okay, when you take nitrogen and you stick it on carbon, guess what? What are you going to produce? Compost. And heat. (laughs) And heat. Yeah, Yeah. you're going to produce compost. Well, through that composting action, your microbes are creating all this heat. 
And it's a wonderful thing, especially on cold days when you're getting down into what single digits. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. We'll get into that. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. So, um, think about it. If you are doing a deep betting method for your chickens and a lot of people are doing that right now. In fact, this time of year, when it gets cold, that's usually the best thing to do is take them out of the field, stick them in more of a, not a static location, but one in which it's more, you know, they're not doing you a whole lot of good out in the field right now. So it might be in your better interest right now to stick them in a place where they're more static, let's say in a static coop. Well, let's say you're doing the deep bedding method. Why not just put your, instead of going through all these precautions, trying to stretch out cords to get some power to it, to heat it up, Forget a bunch of that, man. Stick it on the floor. It's already warm. You already got, you're making compost in place when you're doing the deep bedding method. Just stick that thing on the floor. But make sure, you have to make sure your bedding is actually deep. Like you have to start with, I think, six inches or so of bedding. Yeah. Like it can't be just thin, thin layers um, that you do. Yeah, you got to be on up a little bit. I mean, you got to have that because it's composting underneath. You may have to scratch out a little bit, but I guarantee you got heat down there, nephew. So all you got to do is pull some of that out for the night. Maybe take it. I mean, might even be a shovel full. You got to move out of the way, stick it down in there and then pull it back out in the morning. Yeah, it's not much. It's just to break through that manure layer, really. Well, even with um, now in in terms of your bovines and stuff, okay, it's going to be a little more difficult. You may have to crack ice. A lot of that stuff is remote places. Yeah. So it's not a big deal if it's going to freeze through the night, then we'll bust it up in the morning. And then throughout the day, you may have to go, depending on how cold it gets, there's a bunch of different ways of going about that. But I wanted to point that out as far as your tip of the day, is that if you have any animals that are in a more static location, think about using the very floor they're standing on to keep that water from freezing. It'll probably go a long way for that. All right, y'all, straight into the farm news. Well, yesterday I was helping folks uh, move, and that's really a story unto itself. Um Check this out, y'all. And this is also a cautionary tale. So there's a lot of people out there, and I've said it before, everybody. In fact, I heard Dr. Um, Malone in an interview with Mike Adams today talking about basically the same thing Joel Salatin said about there being something of a homesteading tsunami. Everybody in the great-grandmother is starting to realize the value of homesteading. Now, there's those of us that have been at this for a long time, And we're trying as best we can to help as many along the way to do the very same thing. Um, I don't really consider myself an expert at anything at all. This is just our lifestyle. I really don't. I mean, I guess you could say we know other ways of living, but this is the way we've been living for so long that I really don't know any other way. And son, you were raised in it. Yeah, it'd be kind of weird to not wake up and do animals in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be very, very weird. For, but for most people, they really don't know what that's like. But record numbers are falling into this space. And um, a lot of them are making what I think is the colossal error of getting in a lot of these cooperative communities. Now, the yeah. person, I'm not going to, say who she and her husband was, but basically I helped them move not even a couple of months ago. They get into this community and frankly, they were excited about it. And at the time I was kind of excited for them, but I had my reservations because I've seen all these different communities out there. They seem great on paper, but once you get down to brass tacks, you find out it's really a, basically a communist structure. Yeah. Now in their particular case, they're out there busting her hump and then they do the math on it and they realize they're working for like 13 bucks an hour doing some slave labor out here 
Come to find out, and then they have no ownership in anything. It's basically on a rental basis. Uh, the water's freezing up. There's a whole bunch of people. I, I drove up in this place a number of times, helping them move there the first time, yeah. and then helping them get out of there into another place where it's almost like another communal-type structure. They left this house, which basically didn't have any heat in it, as I understand it. Uh, very Water was frozen. So that now you're in a bind rate, but yeah. one road in, and you better be hoping and praying that as somebody's coming down the other way, because it's not like it's two lanes. Right. It's one lane, and that's it. So it's so narrow, and you're on cliff faces in some of this stuff. Anyway, you, you're dealing with a lot of hardship to live up in a place like this, only to find out you're never going to have any ownership. And then typical in situations like in the low in the, in the past a while ago, we've been in similar situations. Um, I mostly with family where you do 90% yep. of the work and then they feel like they're entitled to 50% of the results. So anybody look, I know no, more than 50% of the results. We yeah. didn't see that profit. <laughs> well, that's what they thought they were entitled <laughs> yeah. to. And, um, look, I know there are so many people out there that are looking to get them. You realize this whole system is broken and we'll cover a little bit more of that. And if you have to, if you're new to this pimp cast, go back and check out previous episodes. I think we make a pretty convincing case as to why this whole house of cards has fallen down. Yeah. yeah. So that being the case, I know that there's a lot of people feeling like, Oh, good night, man. I feel like I'm so far behind the power, um, power curve. I'm, I'm so far behind everything I need to know. There's this, there's that. The worst thing you can do is go out there, buy a piece of land, get a bunch of animals, and then you're going to wind up killing them all because you don't know what you're doing. Or killing yourself, not literally, but like just working yourself to death because you have way too many and you're inefficient at the task. That's right. You haven't had any time or experience with the task yet. Right. So you're not good at it yet. And that's that's in the course of my day, y'all, that's the thing that bothers me most is I can't stand inefficiency. I really, really can't. And I... Even when I see it in myself, I mean, it's, I see this and I'm like, okay, I got to correct it. Well, as you do this work, like any other job you do, you become better at it. You realize you're going to make mistakes at first, especially when you get new kind of animals or whatever the case may be. So just be real mindful. If you're getting into this thing and you're thinking, okay, well, I'll start out there. It seems like, because to a certain extent, most of us are flock animals. We feel like yeah. we got to do things as a group. And especially unless, when you're unsure of, the new task. That's right. Especially when you don't know, you're feeling like I got to share the burden some kind of way. You may get yourself in a big old bind y'all. So be really, really mindful of that. All right. So what else are we doing around here? We're, um, well, the sheep. Well, yeah, well, we're setting up to the cold. I was, yeah. I was kind of getting into that. Um, <laughs> supposedly it's going to get down into the lower digits and I'll cover some of our theories yeah. here in a minute, but just in case they are correct, because honestly, You've been watching the weather pretty closely, and what have you observed? You and your mom. You want to get also. into it now? Well, I mean, not into the big part of it, but what have you? No we'll just kind of cover the the surface of it right now. What have you been noticing as far as their weather predictions and what the actual temperature is? Well, they predict that it's going to be way worse than it actually is. So whether or not it's like whether it's summer or whether it's winter, like in the summer they predict that it's going to be way hotter like today's high is going to be they're going to have it listed as way hotter than it's actually going to be like let's say they say today's high is going to be 98 degrees it'll be like 90 degrees here 
Like it won't even be, or it won't even be that close. Like they'll say it'll be like 98 degrees and sunny and it'll be like 80 something and cloudy here. Well, like same thing even, with the cold. Yeah. And then with the cold, they'll predict that it'll be like this weekend. I think they're going to overshoot. And so, so that way the record is screwed up. So that way they can say, oh, it was this record low or this record high on this day because look at the weather report that well, day. And it's not like this is theoretical. Y'all been watching it. Your mom and you have been really keeping an eye on this. And lately I have too, where every single weather, um, whatever they say it's going to be, it ain't even within 10 degrees of whatever they're saying. If it's supposed to be 24 when we wake up, Milk Boy's water outside is supposed to be frozen. Right. Yeah. Right. And it ain't. No. So we're seeing this over and over and over again. We got a little bit more on that. But also getting into, like you said, we'll cover more of that. Like I said, uh, let's talk about these sheep. Oh, yeah. yeah that's really going to be, that's really part of the main topic here. Uh, the main topic today is going to be, should you pay a lot of money for good stock. We'll cover more of that, like I said, in the main topic. But these sheep, what have you noticed right off the bat? Their temperament is completely different. They don't jump, for one. The first thing I noticed was that in that huge flock that he had, none of them were jumping around. Yeah, that was a really good thing there. But even here, one of them, well, I saw one of them jump today. He got Kentucky fried on that fence. Well, uh, One of them was trying to get under the sheep tractor and I set the electro net on the bottom of it so where if you got a little too further out, yeah, I mean, you, you never like seeing that sort of thing. Two, actually, not one, but two of them got lit up. Man. But at least now they respect it. Yeah, he did a little jump in there. But they are constantly eating, too. I like, ain't never they seen don't stop like eating. For a sheep that size, Which, I ain't ever seen nothing like it, man. Part of me was wondering, I wonder if they're just cold because they did move like a little further, like higher in altitude. So I wonder, and their coat isn't as thick as uh, Walter's is. No, not even close. So I wonder if part of it is that they're just trying to stay warm, maybe. Well, I don't know. It was pretty, it was t-shirt weather today. Yeah. And yesterday. Yeah. Speaking of which, t-shirt weather, when they said it was yeah. going to be 40 degrees and I'm out there in a t-shirt. I'm pulling up the app right now. Um, well, don't even get tied up in it right now, son. We got a show to do. Um, <laughs> so those sheep are really doing awesome. We're going to have a lot more about them. And we're, in fact, like I said, we're going to be covering a lot of things you might want to check out. Um, man. Okay. So it's getting into these, this time of year and I've been eating poorly. Yeah. Yeah. You have. <laughs> yeah. I came back with a whole stack, <laughs> a whole stack of apple fritters, man. That's my favorite of all time is apple fritters. Man, I'm going through that grocery store. I wasn't even hungry. wasn't nothing. I've been sitting here eating like a doggone nut for the last Man. month, probably. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what is downstairs in the in the kitchen right now. There's a shoe fly pie. There's apple fritters. There's uh, ice cream from this pretty pretty cool creamery up the up the road. What else is down there? Cookies. Oh, molasses cookies. Yep. Yeah, what else is down there? Ain't even done yet, man. I don't even know, man. I, I can and I like that wasn't bad enough. I come back with all these apple fritters. Yeah. And I'm like, man, why did I get a box? I ate three of them on the way home. And I mean, I just don't do this, y'all. I don't know what got into me. And that's why you take your deer velvet. Yeah. Guys. Well, that's exactly and why ladies. I've been taking it. You said yeah. that stuff's been making you hungry all the time. I've I went from eating like about once a day to eating all the time, guys. I can eat all the time now. Have you put on any weight? I haven't put on a pound. I sure And have. I pay attention. I have to pay attention to my weight because I have to make weight for jujitsu. So I can't go like off the deep end and gain 15 pounds and then have to make weight in January. So like, 
Yeah, I haven't gained any weight. Well, I've been I've been using that deer antler velvet, man. That sounds like some kind of snake oil. Like I said, folks, we don't make no money from that. I'm just <laughs> telling you, the stuff works. And I should be looking like Jabba the Hutt right now because I'm like, okay, I'm putting on some weight and I'm holding some water, but I really ain't it really ain't getting as fat as I ought to be right now. But I'm like, okay, well, sounds like this stuff is counteracting all the bad. So let me just go ahead and double down. I ain't never ate so much sugar in my life over yeah, the last two weeks. I don't know what got into you. And then well, I don't remember what you ate last night, but it had me cracking up. I was eating brownies. Oh, you were eating brownies and ice cream. I was eating brownies, man. Y'all, I just don't Going do stuff like that. I, I mean, I, I could usually, I could go weeks, sometimes months without eating any sugar. And then, man, I just went off the deep end. Probably that deer antler velvet, man. I'm sitting here. It's giving me false. Man. I'm like, man, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, if this thing done kicked up my metabolism like this, I'll just go ahead and eat whatever I want. You need to eat some of those first form protein bars instead. <laughs> yeah, I probably need to kick it out. So, okay, there's another little <laughs> phenomenon, and um, it we noticed it today. It started off very, very blue skies. Oh, yeah. And um, I'm telling y'all what, I had to go to the store, like, well, when I picked up the apple fritters and uh, actually topped off all the tanks on all the vehicles. Yeah. And topped everything off just in case it, it is as bad as they let on, you know. Plus, I wanted to go get some sea foam, stick some of that up in the truck in the whole nine yards, and uh, run the diesel for a while. Anyhow, I'm in town, and I was seeing it here already. Like I said, it was T-shirt weather. And then for three hours straight, y'all, I ain't never seen nothing like it, man. It was There are certain aspects, certain places you can be in the mountains where you have I mean, I know Montana's called Big Sky Country, but there are places where you feel like you can see the whole planet. Oh, I saw the whole area this morning. Yeah, yeah I could see it. Yeah. I could see oh, the yeah. whole area. Where, you were yeah. up in, where was that gap? We went up to Sam's Gap, which is the highest gap this side of the Mississippi, I think. Um, but we went, Emily and I ran over to Tennessee real quick to pick up some Dutch processed cocoa. Um, but on the way back, we could see like the distinction. So Tennessee was completely clear. But the North Carolina side of Sam's Gap, you could see the you could see where it was clear and where the clouds were kind of creating and like connecting with the the trails in the sky. I'm sitting here watching these planes literally playing tic tac toe in the sky. I ain't never seen nothing. I I never seen it this bad, but I have seen it a number of times before. Now we have noticed, and there's something of a phenomenon, y'all. Every time there's some major weather event. What do we notice, son? Chemtrails. Like oh, nobody's. every single time. And don't tell me this nonsense. Oh, that's just uh, vapor trails from an aircraft. No, it ain't. Vapor trails don't spread out like that and then sit there and cover the whole sky. Vapor then, trails dissipate. Right, they dissipate. <laughs> and then when you're watching these, every single time there's some major weather event, they're spraying like crazy, like nothing i ever seen before, yeah. before every single major event and I guess I'm just a conspiracy theorist because I'd notice it. Yep. And when we got to the top of Sam's Gap, like we could see the face of the mountains and then the peaks of the ones that are very far away. But it was like the bottom two thirds of the mountains. All those mountains were covered in like a, like where we could see the face was covered in like a weird haze. You know, I got a theory on that. I mean, you know, clearly, you but know, it, I want to be, it was not fog. Cause there's a very, no. like you can clearly see yeah. when it, when it's like a haze and when it's a fog outside, you could tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I got a theory on this, man. I'm, I, I've suspected this and it hit me like a ton of bricks when I was driving back from the store. I'm sitting here thinking, okay, they could make that invisible. 
what they're spraying up there. They could easily, I know that it's aluminum and barium salts. Um, if you want to know a lot about this, check out the work of Dane Wigington. Also a couple of documentaries out there. What in the world are they spraying and why in the world are they spraying? Uh, they create a pretty impeachable case, especially the work of Dane Wigginton, atmospheric uh, injections, all this stuff. Anyway, I've always wondered, why would they sit there and make it so obvious? And then it hit me like a ton of bricks on the way home. We talked about it briefly, I think, in an episode maybe or two ago. I think that's a form of lesser magic from these Luciferians. You know how they got to tell you what they're going to do yeah. before they do it? I think they do it right there in your face. Well, they're the crappiest magicians on earth because they know what's they know what they're trying to do. They have the weathermen predict it and they still get it wrong. Ain't that something? Yeah. No, I think I think that's done on purpose. I think it's it's a visual saying, Yeah, we're doing this. What you gonna do about it? Or and then like most, a constant lie. Yeah, yeah. It's it's right there in your face and you can't even get so how can you possibly get anybody to believe anything of any Okay, can you really handle the real details of the Kennedy assassination if you can't look up in the sky right. and see what or what really happened on 9-11, the Gulf of Tonkin incident? How about uh, the sinking of the Lusitania? What really happened at Pearl Harbor? All these things. Are we really open to any of that when you're seeing right there in your face yeah. them spraying this garbage right there in front of you? If I explain something to you, just one detail to you for 30 minutes, you're eventually going to get bored of it, tired of hearing it, and then just agree with me because you're tired of hearing it but this is as simple as you think it is it was clear skies planes flew they left trails and now it's not clear and you see, exactly <laughs> like this isn't you this isn't i mean you can get some scientists on here and they can over explain it away to the point where you stop listening and stop paying attention and use big words that none of us understand and they probably made up or you can just go out there and look for yourself and see that it is just as simple as it is, well, as it seems. And you can see, I mean, you know, this stuff is bioaccumulating in the food and all this other stuff. It's right there in front of you. And, you know, like you said, I, I don't give a whole lot of credence to these people that have PhDs and all this other stuff. I mean, there are no shortage of intelligent idiots on this planet or just straight up. You know what? Um, Sam Lee, Samuel um, Gottlieb, that guy that ran MK Ultra, he was a doctor. Jolly and West. He was a doctor, murdered I don't know how many people. Um, oh, who else? Uh, the doctor of death, uh, Mangala. Oh. <laughs> Mangala. You know yeah. how many people? He was a doctor, So, and all these other PhDs. You know, Some of these people are some of the most wicked people on the planet, and they seem to know everything. You know, it, always, it, it never fails to, for all these people that just believe everything at the foot of these so-called experts, let me just ask you this. And does it make any sense? I've been using this example for years and I have, and I, I usually people have something of a eureka moment when they hear it. Okay. Think about this. So-called science tells us that they absolutely know the origins of life, where it came from, how we got here, the whole nine yards, right? Mm -hmm. They're absolutely sure about that, but they will openly admit that they don't have any idea how the pyramids were built. So oh. how, how is it you can be absolutely sure concerning something you cannot test but here it is a pyramid is right there in front of you all over this planet pyramids everywhere and it's it can be empirically tested 
but you're going to tell me you know exactly the origins of life, but you're going to openly admit that you know nothing about how these pyramids were built. Well, they don't claim to know. I don't think they claim to know the origins of life. They just claim to be 100% sure that it was not God. Yeah, there you go. Well, that <laughs> seems like a pretty... That's all they, that's all they claim. <laughs> all right, y'all, moving into the next one. We got another giveaway. We're going to announce the winner later, but we got this little elf here, and it looks just like that. Oh, here's another wicked doctor. Dr. Fauci. It's a little elf on his butt. It says owned by China and he's got a little syringe in his hand. Looks just like Fauci and he even talks. I'm going to put him up here to the mic. We're going to have another giveaway y'all. Vaccinate, vaccinate. Social distancing forever. Hey, don't hug your mother. Yeah. Hey, I just thought of the box we should send him in. It should look like a little prison cell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where that little elf belongs. Yeah, the Fauci elf. So, um, look, here's how we're going to do this, y'all. We, like I said, we'll announce the winner for the last one. This is the last Fauci elf of the year. Of course, I got to keep one back for myself. Mailed a couple out to some friends. And um, here's how this is going to go down. If you want one of these Fauci elves, you're going to have to compete for it. So what we require is... You have to leave a review on whatever platform you listen on. And the best review will uh, win, basically. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts, listen to them or uh, leave a review on them. If you listen to Fountain, leave a review there. If you listen to Spotify, leave a review there. That's how you win the Fauci elf, y'all. I'm telling you, this thing is a riot. All right, with that, y'all, we're going to get right into my pastor, the homesteading pastor. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 10, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Humility is a very powerful tool. So if we will remain humble, practice humility, and not think ourselves any better than our neighbor, and do unto others as we'd have them do unto us, God will, shall, raise us up, or lift us up to do bigger and greater things for him. Remember this, he can't fill us if we're full of ourselves. So I encourage you, remain humble. All right, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I you like could, that one. <laughs> you can check out Pastor Lon over at the Homesteading Pastor on YouTube. I think he has an Instagram as well, but I, I don't really get mixed up in none of that stuff. But like I said, check him out on YouTube. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that, um, about, well, something to do with Pastor Lon, actually, and his YouTube channel. You're going to want to check it out. Anyway. Good news, bad news section, y'all. All right. Well, just in time for the holidays, these uh, ho-ho-hos in Washington, D.C. <laughs> decided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they decided, okay, well, we'll just go ahead and spend, uh, let's see here, $1.7 trillion. That's with a T, y'all. $1.7 trillion, And I'm sure some of you have already heard from some other folks out there. Uh, what it's being spent on. But man, some of the, the thing that burns me up more than anything is that there are old folks out there that probably ain't going to make it through this cold weather. Maybe not this snap here, but the next one. Do they even deal in billions anymore? I remember when that was our debt. Like what they just spent was our debt. I remember like trillion. Yeah. I remember that being the first time I heard the word. 1.7 trillion of money that they don't, you know, why do they even charge taxes when they're going to print the money anyway? So why even pay taxes? Uh, anyway, check this out. <laughs> 200 million designated for gender equality in Pakistan. 
look, that's not what's going to help Pakistan. <laughs> gender, two hundred million for gender equality in Pakistan. Now, okay, so yeah, that seems real worthy. You got half a billion. Dig this one. Going to the NIH to construct a structural racism section. Um, it's going to be a whole subdivision over there. We're talking a billion, oh, look, half look, a billion dollars for this. Pakistan. First of all, you're not going to convince Pakistan and India to get along. Like that's just built in racism forever. <laughs> like they're never going to get along. Well, they're talking about dropping nukes on each other right now, man. I mean, but okay. In all this, Hey y'all, we know just exactly how to quell all this. What if we just hand over 200 million <laughs> So y'all can turn half your country into trans testicles. Yeah. I mean, for crying out loud, well, man. Well, that would is... end the war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take over well, Pakistan Well, at least on one side of them. Well, yeah, all they got to do is come here and they can see it up close and personal. Okay, now check this one out. $3 million for a NL or what do you call that stuff? Uh, QT, MLL, NLP. What? Gay, lesbian, trisexual, transgender, all that stuff. LGBTQ. Yeah, that's it. Dad, read the letters. Well, I don't even know, man. I mean, I can't keep up with all this nonsense, man. I'm trying to run a farm. It's so straight, you can't even read the letters. Man, I'm looking right dead at it. Three million bucks for this for a museum in New York City. 26 million for the House of Representatives Office of Diversity Inclusion. Hey. The interior decorator on that uh, gay museum is going to make a fortune. <laughs> the contractors, too. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, man. you know, the food on opening day is going to be good. But, hey, I mean, really, I mean, I guess all we can really do about this is kind of laugh. But, man, I'll tell you what, the thing that's just really burning me up to no end is here it is. You're stealing all of our tax money. You're going to turn back around, start wars, murder people over there. And then you're going to give, and I, I look, y'all, I'm giving you the cliff notes. You talk about 1.7 trillion and you're telling me you can't kick down these old folks. I mean, like I said, why are we even paying taxes when all you can, all you're going to do is print it anyway, just like you're doing right here with this 1.7 trillion. Yep. You're just going to print this money anyway. So go ahead and break off these people. Oh, you can't do that because you want to murder them. That's why that that's the real issue here. Look, y'all, I know I'm going a little bit dark here, but I mean, it, 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 this is something that really should have every last one of us up in arms. There are going to be old folks. I've already heard it. I've already had that discussion around here. They have no idea how they're going to get through this winter. And I'm racking my brain figuring out, trying to figure out ways we can help. I mean, we, we run a podcast. We do a YouTube. We got a Patreon. Um. We also, I mean, we are legit farmers, y'all. We do this. I mean, from dawn till dusk, we're at we're at this stuff. And on top of this, I'm trying to find out ways in which we can help the folks in this community. And I know a lot of you are doing the same thing in your places too. But meanwhile, you're telling me you got $200 million for gender equity studies in Pakistan. Are you kidding me? And I, like I said, y'all, this is the cliff notes. And then there's this other one. Tell me you didn't get bombed or burned down the first day. Man. In Pakistan, Muslims don't play. Dude, I'm (laughs) telling you, man, this is, it's getting even, and and the real crazier part about all this is like this thing that they did with the border security. That basically whatever money that's been designated, and they always say, well, we gave the troops a raise. Yeah, uh uh-huh. 
Um, and it doesn't, and the raise you gave him doesn't even keep up with inflation anyway. So yeah, take that to somebody that doesn't know better. All I know is they better build in the Hindu section. Okay, son, I better get on to the good news, y'all. All All right, so remember, with all the bad news, we titrate it with the good. And here's some of it right here, and it's kind of on the heels. Man, I got sugar on the brain because I was over here checking out Pastor Lon's. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Dude, and your mom came out. She says, have you you seen Pastor Lon's thing? Miss Robbie came up with this thing with these Rolo stuffed Ritz crackers. That's one video. And then the other one's my favorite pecan, man, or pecan, however y'all choose to say it. Like Joel Salazin told me, say, you know the difference between a pecan and pecan? I said, no, Joel. He says, about two bucks a pound. <laughs> and I guess on how you say it. I guess if you add the long ah in it, it you know, you get more money for it. Huh. Anyway, um, man, I'm sitting there thinking, man, pecan, praline, candies. Look, that's good news, y'all. I'll be honest with you. That is good news. Go to the homesteading pastor. Go check it out. Check out these recipes. Look, y'all, a lot of, I mean, it's the little things this time of year. That maybe maybe it doesn't make sense for you to eat it, but you know maybe you know some old folks down the road, and I'm telling you what maybe that just little burst of making a recipe like that is going to make all the difference for them. It might even heat them up a little bit in these cold weather, you know. Man, or yeah. just you know, and then I'm also- daydreaming about those that table full of candy. All right, man. I'm telling you what, man. <laughs> you didn't throw thrown off the podcast. Well, your mom's over here saying that because she's about to go to work. Yeah. She's about, she's yeah. like, oh, yeah, there's another one we get to go ahead and do. And the thing is, she doesn't put on a pound. No, mom didn't eat any of it. Mom will make it, might make all of it, and she won't eat any of Let it. Let her be snowed up in this house. She Let still be, won't eat any no, of it. No, she'll be making it. Oh, yeah. I won't make weight. Yeah, I'll so, actually gain a pound. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Miss Robbie, uh, yeah. Look at what you done caused up in this house because tomorrow <laughs> it's going to be freezing and the day after supposedly it's going to be freezing. Supposedly. Yeah, so after she gets to looking after these lambs, I guarantee that oven's going to be kicking. Man. Ain't even going to have to turn on the um, the uh, stove down there. or Not the stove, but the wood. The, yeah, the wood-burning stove. Yeah, the wood-burning stove because she's going to have this place all heated up. All right, so the good news, son. We got a winner for the latest Fauci doll. It's one door off from the uh, fountain app. There you go. You are the winner, so reach out to us, uh, Billy at permapasturesfarm.com. One door off. Yep, and he won this very thing we got right here. So just one more time. Remember, you got to put in those reviews. Vaccine shorts, booster jams, Wuhan all the way. That thing even sounds like, <laughs> yeah, it, it even sounds like Fauci. <laughs> what a weirdo. Anyway. <laughs> all right, y'all, when we get back to it, we're going to get into the main topic. Well, there you go. That's the latest one from Van Tesla. They yeah, got a whole album their, out, right? Yeah, their newest album. It's actually the uh, soundtrack to their latest um, documentary that they did with Tony. And they went out to Who's Utah. Tony, Tony Merkel from uh, The Confessionals. My bad. Um, yeah, they went out to Utah and they recorded some pretty freaky stuff out there. Yeah, but, you know, the, the cool thing is that they put in their songs a lot of... Um, 
Um, it, cool stuff. Like that, the name of that song is called Agartha. And yeah. if you know what a Garth is, yeah, it's it, a cool song. It sounds a, like they're talking about Hollow Earth in the beginning are. of it. Yeah. Yeah. My so, golems want to follow a road that leads below Agartha is one of the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, it's, it's a lot like Immortal Technique where it's almost like a riddle if you don't already know. Right. So it might actually get people to research some of this stuff and check it out. So, yeah, Van Tesla, they also have a podcast called uh, Kill the Mockingbirds. Well, that's not Van Tesla, just Joel right. from Van Tesla. Joel from Van Tesla, and uh, his, his compadre on there as well, Sean, Sean. he also has a... It, it's kind of cool that we're getting to know a lot of these other podcasters, and we have like brother-sister podcasts, so we also talk to one another and um, also try to support one another because honestly, um, a lot of this information... Excuse me. A lot of this information is never going to see the light of day unless we promote one another. So right. just so like you do. Out, yeah, you kill the mockingbirds. Yeah. Well, check out them and check out um, Van Tesla. They got, a, they got a lot of stuff in there that honestly will awaken the people that are, well, let's say chained to the bottom of Plato's cave. Yeah. There's another riddle for you. All right. So main topic, y'all. Should you pay money for good? Should you pay a lot of money for good stock? Let me let me get into this, y'all. This is this is kind of an important topic, and frankly, we should have talked about it a while ago. Okay, so most of the people I know have gotten their their farm stock, whether it's chickens, pigs, whatever the case, um, sheep, cows, whatever. Where do they normally get it, son? Craigslist or the sale or barn. sale barns. Yeah. Yep. Well, guess what people do at the sale barn, y'all? They take the problems. <laughs> That's, that's exactly what you do with your problems. I'm dead serious. Um, if you're new to this game and you're looking for good stock, you know, maybe the sale barn isn't necessarily the worst place in the world if you just can't find anything, right? especially if you're ultimately going to put it in the freezer. Now, granted, a lot of these animals are going to be shot up with all kinds of unbelievable stuff. Um, I'm one of those believers that in many ways over time, you might be able to get it out of them, but also it means that they are not as strong as they should be if they had to be shot up with that stuff in the first place. Right. But we've done this before in the past. I'm not going to kid you. We've spent money going to getting... I remember those first sheep we got, man. Yep. That one sheep looked just like something. It, it reminded me of the Starsky and Hutch vehicle. <laughs> that thing looked... It had the... like it, Starsky and Hutch, they had the little tires in the front and then the big ones in the back. That's how this doggone sheep was built. Yep. And we bought it because, well, well, going right back to that communal thing, yeah. the only reason we bought those sheep at the time is that we were teamed up with a person who was just going to go and buy anything, buy the worst type of thing. He was going to get uh, wool sheep, which, which we were bitterly opposed to, because we knew that with wool sheep, 100%, you're going to have to constantly shoot them up, especially if it's the wrong breed. It's not going to work out probably in the area where we were just didn't make a whole lot of sense. But to beat him to the punch, we regretfully went out there and bought some sheep we should have never bought. Um, and we did it. We essentially got him off of Craigslist. Yep. Everything we ever got, it, whether it was goats, sheep, it didn't matter. We got it off of Craigslist. It's always been a disaster. Not always. It hasn't always been a disaster. It's just not where you're going to find the best stock. Well, yeah, in the world. you're right. Yeah, it, it hasn't always been a disaster. Because I mean, we filled a lot of freezers with animals from Craigslist. So well, that, I mean, true. that's a plus right there. Well, that's true. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. Um, and even though they may have been shot up with whatever it was in the past, 
it was still a better option than having to go to the store and buy that yeah, bait. Where I sure. know it was killed in the CAFO operation where it was, well, it was raised and tortured its whole life. Whereas these people maybe didn't have the acumen to do this properly. But to their credit, at least they were raising it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you remember those chickens we passed yesterday? Yeah. And they couldn't even, they were in those cages and they couldn't even stand up. Nah, man. It was, yeah. it was just, they were, there were a bunch of Cornish crosses and they were in all these cages on this big rig and they couldn't even raise their heads up. I mean, yeah. they were just smashed in these cages. Yep. And I, I couldn't even figure out how they got them in there. I, I don't think, so I don't think they ever leave that cage. I no, think they, they stay still. Not in that, no, not in the CAFO operation. They basically take them out of wherever they were in that confined animal operation, stuffed them in these cages, and these are the, I mean, it was well, just that's dreadful to even watch. I'm thinking these were layers because they were in those individual cages. No, I don't different. know how they would put, like, uh, I don't know how they put Cornish crosses individually in cages. No, they no, there were two and three in a the cage. There was, uh, but even then, even then, but these were some tiny cages. They were flat and they were all pooping on each other. It was disgusting to see. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if all your options are is going to Craigslist, then you got to do what you got to do. But if you can go out there, and it's uh, look, I'm not going to be, I'm not even going to lie to you, y'all. To get really good stock requires a little bit of money. And a lot of us have more time than money these days. So if you can work it out, maybe get what you can. If you have to at first, get them off of Craigslist. But then as you're able, maybe put in the money that you need, save the money. Because honestly, we don't blow our money around here. Whatever little money we have, we don't blow it on car payments. We don't blow it on vacations. We don't do any of that stuff. So we save our pennies and then we go out and buy good stuff. In this case, for the express purpose of being able to produce more good stock yeah. and help out, just like Dr. Malone was saying on with Mike Adams, and it was an echo of what Joel Salatin was saying. There is a homesteading tsunami that's going on right now. A lot of people are getting in the space, which is all the more reason why every good homestead channel out there that isn't just constantly selling fear it's why they're being suppressed right now the powers that shouldn't be don't want the whole world to know about this so people are going out there they're looking for stock many people can't find it or they're going to the sale barns but should i gotta we, be honest should we say how much we paid so people have a like a good judgment of what a decent price is for good stock so that way if they're way overpaying they know they're getting screwed and if they're way underpaying they know that it's not the stock that they fit are being told it is I, i'm a little reticent in doing that but i think or what about just the ram well the ram okay so if you have a, your ram is where you're going to get a lot of your great genetics okay so you want to make sure your ram is on point or i mean i we didn't even get we didn't even pick him up yet man and people are yeah. already asking to borrow uh, oh really? Yeah, they're already oh, wow. asking. Hey, you might have been. This is exactly what I would like to do, but there's also some real caution in doing that sort of thing. Is that I drop my ram off at somebody else's place, and then they wind up with some kind of parasite. Yeah, because they have poor forage or they don't rotate yeah. properly. Um, that's my concern. What I would rather do is take my ram, which, by the way, the ram was nine hundred and fifty bucks. Okay, I don't know about anybody else out there. But that ain't cheap. That's a lot of money for us. Yeah, and that guy, I mean, he kind of, I, th I think he gave us he kind gave of us, a good deal. He cut deal. us a deal. Yeah. yeah, he cut us a deal. Um, 
And, you know, your mom has been in steady contact with this guy. I mean, she loves this dude to death, and he is fantastic. If you haven't seen the interview with him on YouTube, you want to check it out. And we're going to be back down to see him because we got to go pick up our Ram. Right. But, yeah, so to get him was 950 bucks. But think about this. You take that Ram, fantastic. I ain't never seen a better-looking Ram. Yeah. Parasite-resistant out the wazoo. Now, we can take him and breed the four U's we have. Okay, these animals typically have twins, sometimes triplets. Yep. Um, it's not uncommon. And like the doctor was explaining there, if their minerals are on point, then you're seeing a higher rate of, well, twins. better births yeah. and twins. Now, we're going to be real. He was talking specifically about copper when he said that. Exactly. That if everything is in the right proportions, and, and he's basically made the best formulation of this out there that you can possibly find. So worldshepherd.com, go check that out. But here's why I'm saying that maybe it's not a bad idea to spend good money for good stock is because now let's just kind of do the math on this. Okay, so I spent 950 bucks for that for that ram. Right. And I hope to God he does what he's supposed to. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he will. I mean, this doctor ain't I mean, he, he like he's he's sold from his personal stock. Yeah. He yeah. cut us a deal on that. In fact, I'm I'm quite sure he should have charged us another 500 for a ram that of that quality. Yeah. Okay, so we bring him back here. He works over these ewes. Well, no doubt, when we get a bunch, let's say, of the, let's say they all have twins. And so we got eight little baby sheep running around here, which every <laughs> woman here is going to lose their ever-loving Especially mind. when you said it like that. <laughs> we got baby sheep running around here. And let's say they're all good mothers. Well, invariably, there's going to be some rams in that bunch. Right. Well, I can't keep them all. So they only got two places they're going to go. Yeah. In the freezer or we can sell them. We can sell really really good stock. Now think about this. If it was 950 bucks for that ram, could I turn back around and sell him? Maybe not for that much, but a fair amount. Yeah. In fact, we never charge the full amount of what we ought to be charging for things. It means more to me. Yeah, we we're, we're going to sell him for something, but it means more to me to be able to say, "Okay, so-and-so down the road, I just gave you a fantastic ram. Now you can build a flock, and then from your flock, maybe you get a ram out of that that I could turn back on mine. You know, it's it's kind of cool. What if Western North Carolina is eventually known for sheep the way Spain is known for port? Absolutely could. I mean, in this country, and that's another thing. I'm going to spend a little time on this because I know this is about should you spend the money for good stock. The answer is, if you can afford it, go for it. Maybe that's not one of those things. Maybe that's not a bad idea to team up with somebody if it meant also, getting a good ram. Look at Jacob. You can also make your own good stock. Jacob. From the Bible. Oh. You can also make your own good stock if you want. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to take a lot longer, though, too. Yeah, but we can also we can also take, let's say, some of the rams we have out of, out of here, sell them off. Yeah. And obviously some are going to have to graduate to the freezer, but right now we're bursting apart at the seams right now with the meat we have. Mm -hmm. So we're not like, it's not, I mean, that's my favorite meat, but it's not like we're in the bind, but everything that ain't going to make the cut in the freezer, you're going to go. Yep. So think about this. Think about this. The cost of lamb in the store is insane. A breeding pair of lambs will produce far more meat than some cows. Yeah. And, <laughs> There's also a tactical reason for this, and I, I've, I've talked about it a little bit before. I'm going to go back into it for the new people. There's a tactical reason, too. We live in these mountains. We live at a time in America 
where everything is on a knife's edge. Our supply chains, ridiculous. Our food supply, ridiculous. And then you have the U.S. government doing everything they can to starve us out. So does it make sense at this time in America to have an animal that if things were to go Mad Max, which is entire, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but it's entirely possible Yeah, it is. in light of everything going on. So if it got real stupid, these are animals that really don't make a whole lot of noise. Whereas mm-hmm. a cow, boy, when that bull goes, man. Yeah. He's yelling him. at cows across the mountains. Yes. <laughs> yes. Literally, he's talking to cows because we can hear those cows move back. Well, in a worst case scenario, too, he's also giving away our position. Yep. And he's impossible to hide. So and if you want to know where those cows are, look at Coco because he's facing them. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So any would-be whatever, um, it's easier for them to do. I could hide them sheep up in the thicket, up in these mountains. I could easily hide yeah. them, keep the dog with them, and I know that they're looked after to a certain extent. And it's also an animal that doesn't make, yeah, they make noise, but it's not so ridiculous where it echoes through the entire valley well also a a good point that i just thought of was like worst case scenario with those sheep i can pick one up there you go i can't tackle coco anymore no no we had to do that right (laughs) off but yeah but so so going back to this whole thing with buying good stock maybe that is something you might want to consider let's say you had five families around you and you know let's say you got marginal stock Maybe you spend a little bit of money on some decent use from one place, spend a little bit more money, get a, I mean, now yourself is now you're in business and these guys are gestation periods, like four months. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously you don't want to have them like a, you, you want to give them time to kind of recover in the whole nine yards, but honestly bring them up. You'd be shocked at how long, how little it takes for you to have so much meat on the hoof that you got to do something with it. Yeah. And honestly, the temperament of these guys if we can keep this up, because a lot of the sheep we've dealt with in the past, they've always been too flighty. You want them to have, obviously, a flight response, but you don't want it so ridiculous where they're winding up in the... Um, we've had one in the past get electrocuted. Yeah. I mean, he got up in that fence, and next thing you know, I mean, graveyard maybe dead. Like strangled itself to death? I, I don't know. It's hard to tell on that. We've seen... Gets- yeah, so that's the problem by getting... I mean, don't get me wrong, y'all. Uh, when somebody's giving away stock... You're like, hey, man, I ain't got, yeah. you know, I'm going to take it back to this house and I'm going to eat it. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, that's exactly what happened in that particular case. So should you spend more money? So what's your vote? I think yes. And if you can't right now get the bad stock and turn it into good stock or at least make money off the bad stocks so where you can buy the good stock. But if you can buy the good stock... Well, I would say make sure you like doing this first. There you go. And then get the good stock. So get the Craigslist stock first, do that a couple runs, and then get the good stock, which I don't even, like on consultations and stuff, uh, I suggest that they actually do that. I didn't even think about that till now, but I suggest that they actually start with just feeder animals first and then eventually graduate into breeding pairs. Chickens, I mean, they're always going to be your best you don't need to spend a lot of money on this no. on these highfalutin breeds. You really don't. Do not spend a lot of money on chickens. You That's don't not have something. To. Yeah, you shouldn't have but to. But a lot of people are getting these designer breeds out there, and it's unnecessary. To me, the best bird I've ever, believe me, y'all, I have raised a lot of birds, and the best one all the way around up until recently had been the Bard Plymouth Rock, and I still love that bird. I thought you, what about the 
The Bielfelders? The Bielfelders. Bielfelders. Well, we haven't seen them through all four seasons yet. So okay. once I once they get through winter and then I see how they scratch out a pile, I mean, honestly, yeah. you, you can be the best – natured bird in the world but if you can't scratch down a compost pile you got to go you (laughs) in the pot you're going to go but up until this point those bielfelders are looking fantastic at what they do sweet temperament excellent foragers big body too yeah but you didn't spend a fortune to get them but man i'm seeing people out here spending i don't even know how much money to go get these certain highfalutin birds you don't have to do that so I mean, get you a good, get you a good barred rock. Maybe go get you something that's broody if you want to do that sort of thing. Yeah, chickens are a real easy gateway, but you don't need to be spending a pile of money to going out there getting these highfalutin. And just in case you're wondering, the prettier the egg does not determine, like no. the pretty egg does not determine the taste or the flavor. It still no, tastes the same. But you could charge more money for it <laughs> for yes, some reason. Yeah, so that's it right there, y'all. I think my vote also is... Yes, if you need to, start off with the Craigslist animals and then graduate if you can because these genetics mean everything because like like the doctor was talking about, not only is he selecting for meat genetics, you know, you want yeah. an animal that produces nice meat. I mean, these suckers down there right now are fat, man. Yeah, they are. They look like lollipops. They're like little lollipops walking around on sticks. Four man, sticks. they are. I'm sitting here salivating. I mean, these are a breeding stock. I thought man, it was so a winter coat. Man, I did. No, they don't it ain't. even have one. No, they barely got a winter coat. I'm sitting here like, you got to be kidding me, yeah, man. Yeah, they just look fluffy. Man, but they are just, I mean, excellent genetics. The, the ram looked fantastic. Yeah, and almost so, intimidating. But that's the cool thing about getting good stock is that you're – the, they have been bred for parasite resistance, first and foremost, through generation after generation after generation. And then in addition to that, also their meat producing capabilities. Right. Um, right now, you know, it's going to be cold and we're going to do everything we can to get these guys through it. I mean, we typically don't baby our animals, but to a certain extent, I guess we are. Um, and we're going to feed them like crazy because seriously, this is... Part of our future. I hope mom doesn't listen. Well, no. But, well, yes. There's no way those animals are going to freeze the way they're set up right now. But they're going to. They're in a different environment. That's another thing. When you bring animals home, yeah. you want to also make sure. I know this section is running a little bit long, y'all, but this is important. Depending on where you get these animals from, try as best you can to get some of whatever their local forage was. If it's real far distance away from you, because almost certainly their biome. Their gut biome, remember, these are ruminants. They're adjusted to wherever they were. So when you bring them home, you might want to titrate whatever hay. Bring back some hay with you and take them off of that hay and put them on you know, the forage you have. Let them make that. Just don't put them on their cold turkey. That's the number one way in which so many people have lost so many sheep and cows. Yeah. Where I mean, even Jeff Lawton himself lost a cow that way. Yeah. Where he bought it, he bought a cow one place brought it back to that rich forage he was on, didn't titrate the amounts, and then, bam, they wind up dead. Yeah. So just keep that in mind, y'all. I think it's all, if you can afford it, and I know the people listening to this right now are typically not the typical spenders. Go out there and spend money, save money, do whatever you got to do to get that good stuff, y'all. Crayons with the white, take the green ones. Yeah. Trading weapons like stocks, got Zelensky singing, dancing, and addressing high heels for machine guns. Uh, I need you to keep up. Uh, 
Government flexing chest like a triple G cop. Megan the stallion type is swinging. Got us on the back screaming with our feet up. As a civilian fighting the system, I'm feeling like I'm a part of something like John Christian. All right, y'all, more of that Van Tesla. Um, yep. All right, so we're going to get into the Q&A thing. Uh, we got this one from Jessica. She's pleased that we got her in touch with Eric. Eric Sider, also, y'all, that's where uh, if you need any consultations, hit yep. him up. He will hook you up. He's the best out there, and uh, he's thorough, smart, exactly what you're looking for. All right, well, she was asking, so um, I, I, I guess maybe we probably ought to do this because she was saying uh, in your videos you have your sheep and your chickens in different areas. And then she asks, um, would it be better to have the chickens go after the uh, sheep or whatever the case? That's exactly what we do. We just Yeah, I it think, depends on which video you may have looked at because yeah. you may have seen the chicken tractor on steroids on literally the other side of the property as the sheep. Yeah, the chickens are about three days behind. Which is a different flock. So we have two flock. We had two flocks probably depending on which video you looked right, at. Right, right. Yeah. Things have changed and we don't necessarily cover it all. But that's exactly how we do it. So the chickens are going maybe three days behind the uh, sheep. In fact, when I was over there helping these other folks move the other day, um, that was one thing. I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Jessica, um, because some folks were saying that, well, these folks were saying that they were having problems until they started doing that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, in the winter, a lot of times we want to take our chickens and we want to put them away because they're really not, they're dropping a lot of nitrogen in the field. But in our case, it's not that consequential to have to put them up. So we can do that option. We can put them in a deep bedding thing, which we might still do, or we just might leave them behind the sheep throughout, you know, the uh, rest of the winter. It's not that big a deal, but yeah, they're usually three days behind. Not a big deal. I got a comment from fountain app from TNT mom. I need to read Job again. As a teenager, it was my favorite Old Testament book. John is my favorite New Testament book. And then I got another one from Danny OTK154. Pimp Daddy got a pimp caddy because of the because of ginger. Oh man. <laughs> pimp caddy. Man, I gotta be honest with y'all. I can't stand <laughs> that cat's name, but I like his comment. It's we should have <laughs> called it that. Pimp caddy. <laughs> yeah, or or a cat or a pimp named Slickback. A cat named Slickback. A cat named Slickback. Yeah. Well, no, the um let me go back to the first one on the book of John. I gotta say, man, if you if there was one, I don't know. I, I mean I I can't pick one, but of the gospels, I, I'd say John is the one that really jumps out to me the most. Um you know, in the beginning was the word, you know, I mean, when it, it just, it gets your attention right off the bat. John goes through much more detail and I'm a, I'm a big fan myself. So, uh, yeah, I was just going through the book of John the other day myself. Okay. We got one from Don here. Um, very, very kind response. He said something about, he said, I sound like the guy in the beginning of the gap band. He says, okay, I didn't know that. What a resume. He says, army, journeyman, electrician, butcher, gap band member, blood-bought soldier of the Messiah, husband, father, and the pimp daddy. You got it going, brother. Well, thank you so much, Don. Gap um, band member. Gap one, of, ba one of 30. Who, <laughs> who knew, man? I didn't know I was singing for the gap band, but uh, early in the morning. Yep. Uh, I got one from Po' Boy. Um, this is in reference when that uh, that one question we had about where to move to and stuff. Um, he said, don't forget about the Ozarks of Southwest Missouri and Northwest Arkansas as a freedom loving oh, yeah. place to move to. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was what, that was on the list when we were thinking about rolling out, um, only prob, and it wasn't a problem for us, 
I love the environment, love the people, know a lot of folks up that way. Um, on a personal note, there's something, it just seems a little, like the Ozark Mountains are just different than the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah, there's that. There is definitely that. But I didn't want to be so landlocked. And I wanted well, to be yeah. a little bit closer to your mom's family. And also at least some distance because, y'all, I love to fish, but I ain't done it in three, I ain't done it in a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while, and I'm thinking, okay, well, if I ever got a chance to get away, I can do some deep sea fishing off the coast. Um, man, they got fishing up here in the mountains. Ain't done nothing. I mean, y'all, I love this stuff. I, I love my life, and I love what I do. I love everything about it. I just ain't taking no time to do part of it. And I'm thinking, okay, well, if we're up in the mountains, we're still in the mountains in North Carolina. But at the same time, I'm only, what, four hours away from the ocean? I can I can work with that, yeah. and I still ain't been there yet. Well, I mean, you've been to the ocean. Just well, I've not, been to the ocean, not not since, not we, since moved we moved here. here. Okay, so this one here, um, I don't know that they gave a name, but they were basically saying, "I'm listening to episode 51 right now." Uh, you're very correct about Google censoring. I own a marketing company, and uh, they deal with this kind of garbage every day. Google blocks emails. Okay, in a nutshell, she, uh, he or she, whatever the case may be, uh, Video Pros, Michigan. Anyway, what they're saying is they're basically not having any problems with Proton Mail. So okay. I got to be honest with you. The only concern I have is like, good night, man. We got to change all this up, man. Well, we're kind of in a bind, I think, with switching emails, which I don't really want to, you know, I don't want to broadcast that over the uh podcast but yeah we're we're working on it and we're in a bond and we're working on it yeah yeah so we'll get on to that we'll yeah. we'll try to work something out but y'all we got so many irons in the fire i got comments from uh flyover joe hashtag tip a pimp and then another one from not in need of rulers boost for telling off the commies and Bam. that was from uh, episode 40 get real with skills now that's what i'm talking about yeah well do you have some comments from them or Oh, those were the... I've got more comments. No, I no, I'm, I'm good. I just didn't know oh. if that uh, that was a full extent of it. Okay. Oh, yeah. We got one here from uh, Lee. Um, basically telling me that they... Okay, been watching your videos for a couple of years now, and I'm reminded... Oh, man. Basically, he's telling me about some of the marketing and uh, the things they got going on here. He said, we've learned a great deal. Um, this down to earth permaculture practices that you from you and, and appreciate your content. I got to be honest with you. Part of, I almost can't, we came real close, at least in my view of calling this, uh, what we do, pragmatic permaculture. That was actually before perma pastures farm. And we were working out a name for things. I wanted to call it pragmatic permaculture because there are so many people out there that do permaculture that are turning a lot of regular blue collar, uh, skilled trades, white collar, everybody else, they're turning them off of even taking a look at this because they're thinking, man, I don't want to eat kale all day. Yeah. If that's what it, and, and that's the majority of the people out there that are evangelizing permaculture. And they think they're coming down on like a ton of bricks on somebody like me, um, <laughs> which I'm like, okay, well you sh pull, show me what you're doing, man. And <laughs> Look, I'm not on an all kale diet, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he must not have heard. Yeah, weed animals. <laughs> yeah, so it's. I mean, I'm glad you're noticing because there are no shortage of people out there that are giving permaculture a bad name, and hopefully, we're yeah. doing a good job of uh, making it a little more accessible to the regular homesteader out there. 
this uh, comment is in reference to those um, those artificial uh, wombs, those external artificial wombs. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is from J15230, hashtag tip a pimp. Nobody ever mentions the movie Gattaca. It is a very close. It is very close to what you were reading about. P.S. I started watching the deer butchering video. Oh, well, but thank referencing you. that movie uh, Gattaca. You know, have I've, you seen that? I have never, ever, ever seen it. And in fact, the reason I didn't, I remember when it came out years ago. I remember being in the video store, or whatnot. That's how you had to do videos back in the day. Yeah, wasn't I no Netflix or nothing. Yeah, so I remember every time I'd see the cover of that thing, it just, I was like, man, it. It was I just remember. off-putting. It didn't look like anything I'd want to watch. And then yeah. I've heard other people over and over and over tell me, go watch this Gattaca. Well, maybe, maybe um, I'll have to find time like we did uh, watching, what's that one with Soylent? Yeah, Soylent, Soylent Green. Green. I sat there and watched that movie, wasting my time. <laughs> I finally <laughs> saw that thing. And I'm like, come on, man, really? Gattaca, uh, we watched in like seventh or eighth grade biology class. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so why there another reason why you don't want to send your kids off to public school? Well, that particular teacher, I think it was like a heads up, pay attention type thing. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, check it out. We got one from Jesse here. It says I'm thinking of picking up some bone sauce, and he's in north uh, northeastern USA, southern New York, as a matter of fact. I have a couple of questions since I've never used it. A, does this product uh, replace the need to fence around, say, an apple tree? Basically, will the deer not touch it at all? Okay. The question number one. Typically, no, you don't need a, you don't need any wire or anything else. Um, it is so repulsive to deer that when you stick it, that's really the environment in which bone sauce was created for. It was mostly for an orchard environment. Now, a lot of other folks have used it in their gardens with great success. Some not so much in the garden, but typically that's exactly what it's for. So everything at browsing height from basically, let's say from your head down or let's say from six feet down, you basically smear that stuff all over. And right now is the best time of year to put on bone sauce because you don't want to get it on anything green. It's not going to kill it. It'll make it wilt. So instead of being out there having to gingerly go through this whole thing, you can just smack this stuff on there and be done with it. And the deer basically are going to find some other place to eat. Okay, number two, roughly how many trees does a four-ounce jar protect? It's really hard to say because it depends on... If you got five-year-old trees, well, you got a massive girth there. So in which case, so you can save product, dip your paintbrush in there and just cover four sides of it all the way up to five feet, okay? I think you did, when you did that latest video on the bone sauce, I think you did, uh, was it eight trees with the four-ounce jar? It might have been, but it all depends on the size on of your three trees. three-year-old trees. Yeah, yeah, so it all depends on the nature of it. So if they're saplings, I mean, you can go a long way on four ounces. But if they're like five trees, you may want a bigger bottle. And we got to charge what we do for this. I know some people have thought it was a little hefty, but you have no idea how much time and effort goes in to make one and how many bones it takes to make one four-ounce yeah. jar of bone sauce. And I mean, there's we're no talking, planned obsolescence. No, no. This stuff, there's nothing better out there that works. I ain't ever seen it. Um, so it's hard to say for sure, Jesse. Um, can't give you an exact number on how many it'll protect. So it all depends on the height or and the size and the girth and everything. And roughly how long between applications in your experience? Well, um, <laughs> this is going to floor you really is um, we put on most of the trees we got down there, we put it on three years ago. I haven't had to put it on since. Now, some of these deer get a little bit 
uh, antsy, and they literally walked past all the trees I put bone sauce on because I was thinking, okay, well, deer ain't messing with it. Well, they rolled up in there, and they chewed up some of these trees that didn't have the bone sauce on it. So I wish I'd have done a follow-up video because I ended up going out there putting bone sauce. I was thinking, okay, well. You did. Yeah, you did. You I showed did. that they grew back and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. so they, they did grow back. So we went on there, put on the bone sauce, and so it seems, not seems, it works better. So the claim is by others is that when you stick it on there, that it has about a 30-year lifespan. But I think it all depends on the how big the tree is because as the tree gets more girth, well, you got more areas where something's going to want to go in there and mess with it. Well, it's 25 to 30 years if you apply it to a wooden surface. Yes, I'm glad you pointed that out. If you apply it to plastic or metal, it's probably going to wear off sooner than that. We don't know how soon, but I'm going to I'm going to say just depending on the level of growth you have with those trees, I'm going to say you probably want to reapply it every several years or when you start seeing any kind of pressure. I'm it's been 3 years on some of these trees and I ain't put any more on it. So yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose any sleep over that. I can guarantee that. All right, old McDonald. I know that's not your name, but hey, got to go with it, man. That's a, it's a cool name. Uh, he says, "What's your opinions on crossbreeding sheep to add certain traits to a flock?" I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, will crossbreeding katahdins to dorpers? He's talking about uh, hair sheep, y'all. Uh, add any nosos- noticeable parasite resistance to my flock? Also, do you grain finish any of your sheep? Um, no, we don't give them any grain at all. In yeah. fact, that's part of the genetics that the good doctor down there is, was working on is that they have no cereal grains whatsoever, just grass. And that's all I want. Well, and Southern, Southern legumes as well. Yes. Oh yeah. There is that. So there's legumes out there and, um, yeah, so we're giving them, they're basically getting all of the above in terms of their diet right out here that we, we provide. So there are legumes out there our version of it. Now they're, they're more accustomed to a different type of legume down yeah. there, but they're going to get another one. So that's another reason why you want to kind of titrate them into what you have. Um, as far as crossbreeding, I'm not even sure he is all that concerned. Like Joel had talked about in the past, it's phenotype that you're more concerned about. It's why with the pigs, I really don't care what the breed of pig is at the end of the day. I really don't. I just want to, I want to be sure that it does everything I need it to do. And then when it's ready for processing, that it has, you know, it has what I want. I'm really not all that concerned. But you have the right, like, mindset as far as the breeding goes. You have a parasite-resistant sheep, and you want to get that trait into your next generation. So that is exactly what they would breed for. What is the phenotype? Yeah, exactly. So if you've got a great ram that's working out, crossing them with a dorper, I don't know how that's going to work out. Because the Dorper's bigger. Yeah, I think um, it'll be fine. There's there's crosses like that. I'd give it a shot. I mean, I, I'm i sure somebody else has, but I haven't done it myself. Um, I'm going to stay on top of basically Katahdin. I like the Dorpers, man. I I like them also because I know they got a lot of meat on them. But yeah. the, bigger, the bigger these sheep get, y'all, the more parasite issues you may potentially have. So that's something to consider also as well. So, um yeah, give it a shot. I mean, see see if it's going to work out for you. But I really don't have the answer to that question. I'll be honest with you. I really don't know. I but mean, you're you're breeding for the same reasons that every I mean, the good guys do. I I try to get the best I can, y'all. That's exactly how it goes down. All right, y'all. Hopefully this stuff was a blessing to you. Until next time, y'all, stay alert. Stay alive.